Thank you all for coming, and I'm happy to be here again. Two weeks ago, um, I did uh, what I called introduction to this topic, what I'm calling dialogical Vaishnavism. Dialogical means having to do with communication, and Vaishnavism means having to do with Vishnu. <laughs> Vishnu? What? Yes, Vishnu. Uh, as, the, as the history of our tradition goes, um, even though followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are, in a sense you could say, much more interested in Krishna um, than in Vishnu. Uh, the designation of Vaishnava has persisted. Uh, there are many Vaishnava traditions. Uh, we can say there are four primary traditions uh, of Vaishnavas in India, and sometimes the Chaitanya Vaishnavism or Gaudiya Vaishnavism sometimes seen as a fifth uh, or as part of one of the four from the Madhva Sampradaya. Anyway, that's not our subject today. Subject is dialogical Vaishnavism and uh, this has to do with what has come to be called uh, interfaith dialogue or interreligious dialogue. And so, two weeks ago, who was here two weeks ago? Many of you, yes. Uh, um, you may remember, those of you who were here, uh, I presented at the end of that introduction, I, I, I presented the official position, the official statement of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness on the subject of uh, interreligious or interfaith dialogue. Do you remember? Something, something, yes. <laughs> So the basic principle uh, of that statement is that it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And it's something that uh, is not only a good thing, but it's an important thing. Um, why is it important? Well, uh, we could probably discuss lots of reasons why it's important. But what I thought to uh, start with today is um, the possible purva paksha. That's a fancy technical word. Uh, purva paksha means the the doubt or the the position which is contrary to the 
argument, the position which a person is, is making. So there's Purva Paksha on the one side, which says, hmm, mm-mm. And then there's Siddhanta, which says, uh-huh. <laughs> After making several arguments of uh, why the Siddhanta is a reasonable position. This is the f- basic format of all uh, of our tradition, the ancient Indian tradition oops, of, uh, of debate. But we're not interested in debate. Uh, we'll get to debate in a minute, but we're not today talking about debate. What's the word for debate in Slovenian? Razprava. <laughs> Sounds pretty bad. Razprava. <laughs> uh, you also say debate? Okay. Uh, no, we're not so interested in debata or razpravta. We're more interested in uh, dialogue, dialogue, huh? <laughs> yes, okay. So, is this all right? Shall we talk about this today? Let's see what happens. All right, so some possible doubts and reservations about engaging in dialogue could be there. And this is one of them. Our business is preaching, not sharing with others. Uh, We, in our Society for Krishna Consciousness, we hear a lot about preaching and that preaching is what we do. Uh, And um, preaching is what our mission is. We want to preach the teachings. We want to preach the teachings <laughs> of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, who gave very wonderful teachings, a sort of super condensation, we could say, of, uh, of the Veda, the Vedic literature. Um, so our business, one might argue, really is just uh, to 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 uh, practice well, yes, we can say our business is preaching and practicing what we preach, right? Uh, we say, practice what you preach. Uh, don't just preach, but practice what you preach. Um, what's what word do you generally use for preach in Slovenian? This always happens, 10 people answer, and then I can't catch even one. Pridigaya? Really? Pridiga. Huh? Pridigaya. Pridiganya. Right? Now, we have 
we have a, an expression in English when someone is sort of like the silhouette figure you see here, uh, when somebody is doing like this to us, uh, we say, don't preach to me. <laughs> ne pridigaya. <laughs> to me. How do you say? Me? Many. Many. Me. Many. Ne pridigaya many? Oh, it's okay. Imperative pridigai. Ah, it's like Polish. Ne pridigai mi. Many. Ne or me, it can be both. Oh, it can be both. Okay. Thank you. We're having a Slovenian lesson now. <laughs> Do you sometimes say that also? Somebody's like this, and you go, ne pridigai mi. Yeah. So there's a quite, there has become a quite negative connotation uh, to this word uh, preaching or predigan. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a negative connotation, isn't it? Uh, in the modern world, nobody, nobody wants to be preached to. But um, we hear again and again, those of us who come here regularly, <laughs> we might hear it, uh, that ours is a preaching mission. And from that perspective, one could possibly uh, feel justified in saying, it's not what we're about. We're not about, sh sorry, we're, we're not about this sharing as I was speaking about last time, we're about preaching. Um, so this, this could be uh, uh, something we would, we might feel this as, as uh, followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yeah, some of you might feel like this. All of you might feel like this. You're all looking at me like, are you going to tell me something different? Well, uh-oh, uh, come back. Uh, okay, next one. Okay, someone may, in the same or similar spirit, say we should rather be prepared for debate to establish truth over falsehood. Yes, no, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, let's debate, okay. It's us against the world. <clears throat> okay, um, that may be a position to take, and debate is very much part of our tradition, uh, and specifically in that area of philosophy which is no known as nyaya. Nyaya means, it's usually translated as logic, it's it's a kind of broad field. It's a whole um, it's a whole way of understanding the world. Uh, therefore, it's called a darshana. 
based on, or at least theoretically based on, the Veda. And in that tradition, they speak a lot about uh, debate. They analyze debate. There are three different qualities of debate. Uh, there's debate which is genuinely pursuing truth. There is debate which is more like argument, perhaps more for the sake of winning than anything else. And there is debate which consists mainly, essentially of insulting each other. Um, obviously, that's there's three qualities there. <laughs> huh? So, um, what we see in the modern age, unfortunately, is when there is disagreement, what is there? What kind of debate goes on? Much of it is in the form of uh, insult, <coughs> simply, simply throwing throwing words back and forth, who can speak the loudest, which one is the alpha male in the room, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but one might argue, well, uh, we won't do that kind of debate. We, we will engage in, um, in what is called vada. vada. Vada means debate with a purpose of uh, reaching truth. Yes, that is part of the tradition. But someone was, may say, we're not interested in dialogue. Um, it, it's, um, it's debate, the form of dialogue. Or they might say, well, you can talk about dialogue, but the real kind of, the serious dialogue, uh, the sort of dialogue that would be beneficial would be debate. Someone may say that. Or, and, <laughs> someone might say, well, listening to others, because I spoke about that last two weeks ago, that, uh, you know, conversation, usually there's at least two people, and uh, if we speak about communication, then... There's not only speaking, there's also some listening involved. But someone may say, listening to others? Mm -mm, that's not what we're about. We've already heard it all. <laughs> We've already heard what everyone... Really? Have you? <laughs> Have you really heard uh, everything that is to know uh, about other religious traditions? This we might ask. But someone may still have the doubt, well, yeah, but if I'm listening to others, isn't that going to mm, affect me in such a way that I may, I may not lose my faith, but I may, we say in English, water it down. It may get watered down. How would you say that in Slovenian? Watered down. Raz, Raz Fodeneti. Sounds pretty bad. 
unless you have very uh, too much concentrated uh, fruit juice, and if you drink that straight, you might become intoxicated, and that's against the rules. Uh, so, <laughs> so we might want to water that down, but we may not want to water down uh, Vaishnava philosophy, right? What was the word again? Raz. Raz Vodeneti. I should make notes then I can remember. Voda water. Raz Vodaneti. Voda is water. Yes, Voda is water. Yes. Even even I know that. <laughs> Isn't interfaith dialogue a waste of time since no one changes their position? <laughs> That's a good one, right? <laughs> Big waste of time. And they have their position, they have their position, they have their position, we have our position. And we talk, 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 and maybe in the end we shake hands and we all go home and nothing changes. <laughs> I've t participated in some uh, formal interfaith dialogues where at the end I kind of felt like this was not interfaith dialogue, this was serial monologue. <laughs> one person will speak, this is what we say, this is what we believe. And then the next one says, yeah, we, and they completely ignore the first one. And they say what they believe, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. By the time you get to the last one, everyone's completely forgotten what the first one said. <laughs> so, yeah, one might feel like a waste of time. And for some, it might be true. <laughs> I once asked uh, a scholar in Oxford who made it his subject, his specialty, to study the history of interreligious dialogue, interfaith dialogue. And I, uh, there was a big interfaith dialogue uh, going to be coming up soon, the International Parliament of the World's Religions. And I sort of bumped into him one day and asked, so what do you think of this uh, upcoming Parliament of the World's Religions uh, event. And he said, hmm, yeah, it's good. What's good about it? Well, the main thing is that it happens. <laughs> it's good that it happens. The content of what everyone is saying, <laughs> he was not so uh, excited about So one might feel like this, that, you know, interfaith dialogue is, is perhaps really not uh, having any lasting benefit for anyone. One might feel that way. Well, maybe. <clears throat> Let's review uh, this uh, statement of ISKCON, the International Society for Christian Consciousness, on interfaith dialogue, shall we? Very quickly. Uh, this uh, whole slide is showing the first of five points. 
In Islam, we view all communities and philosophies advocating and practicing love for God and founded on revealed scriptures as representative of the ultimate religious expression. Did you know that? That we view, we have this view, do we have this view? Hmm. <laughs> we also respect the spiritual worth of paths of genuine self-realization and search for the absolute truth in which the concept of a personal deity is not explicit. Yeah, there's, there are religious traditions. Uh, one might debate, are they religious or are they not? Well, many uh, reasons could be given for why they are religious, even though uh, a personal deity is not explicit. And a sort of third level of, um, of appreciation, if you like, other communities and organizations advocating humanitarian, ethical, and moral standards are also valued as being beneficial to society. We value uh, these. You may say, oh, but they're completely mundane. But our official statement says, they might be mundane, but they might also be somehow or other beneficial. They may be elevating people uh, in such a way that at some point they may take up what we would like to call uh, Krishna consciousness, or more broadly, God consciousness. The second point is ISKCON views dialogue between its members and people of other faiths as an opportunity to listen to others and to understand what others believe and value, to develop mutual understanding and mutual trust, and to share our commitment and faith with others while respecting their commitment to their own faith. What? Really? Do we say that? <laughs> yes, we say that. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> yes. Um, it's about respect, and we'll get to this a little bit later, I think. And it's about mutual understanding. The understanding may be limited, but there still can be some understanding. And with understanding, there can be trust. Hmm, trust? That's becoming a more and more rare commodity today in our age of surveillance. Right? Uh, what's the word for commodity? Do, dobrina, a rare commodity. Ritka dobrina. Ritka dobrina. Okay, I'm noting this down. 
All right. Number three, Iskan recognizes that, oh, this one is going to really shock you. <laughs> Iskan recognizes that no one religion can hold a monopoly on the truth. What? I thought we had a monopoly. <clears throat> on the revelation of God or our relationship with God. We assert that the Lord, in his individual relationships with his devotees, governs these things, these matters. So it's a matter of relationship. We say we are personalists. We say that. Uh, and we say that God is the supreme person. And we say in his unlimited personhood, he can relate with every single person, infinite individual persons, uh, individually. <laughs> so, hmm, no one religion. So, of course, this brings up what is a religion? What constitutes a religion? Uh, if you kind of dig a little bit deeply into the topic, on the one side, Srila Prabhupada many times uh, identified or defined religion in a very simple and clear and we can say sublime way, and that is religion is the laws of God, the laws established by God. Okay, then, if that's religion, <laughs> where do we go from here? Where do we go from that understanding to a recognition that there are, as I showed last time on a little chart, there are so many different religious traditions in the world today with different percentages. You remember that, I think it was a pie chart, um, how do we get from, from this, this understanding, it's the laws of God, to there are so many traditions uh, of understanding God? I won't address that just here. The fourth point, ISKCON's members are encouraged to be respectful respectful, and supportive, supportive, <laughs> of people of faith from other traditions. Really? And to see the need for people of different faiths to work together. What? Work together? <laughs> huh? Not even? Oh, right. <laughs> to work together for the benefit of society as a whole and for the glorification of God. Really? Everyone is silent. <laughs> Everyone's in shock. <laughs> is this our statement? Now, hold on to your seats. Here comes number five.
ISKCON affirms the responsibility of each individual to develop his or her relationship with the Supreme Lord. Oh, I thought I'd just have to sort of tag along and uh, turn off my mind and turn off my intelligence and just coast along and just keep eating prasadam and everything will just happen automatically. Uh, let me guess, the word for automatic in Slovenian, automatične. <laughs> no? Close. Auto. Automatic no. Oh, come on, I was so close. Automatic no. But I'm sure the ending changes depending on the grammar, right? The point is, where is the responsibility for doing what Srila Prabhupada is the basis for how, uh, how a Vaishnava would judge, if we are going to judge, uh, the value of a religious tradition, namely, is there in this tradition a way of developing love for God? Here, uh, the statement is putting the responsibility not on a tradition, not on an organization, an institution, but on individuals. Hmm. Now you could make an argument, well, that's a very Western style of thinking. This, you know, rugged individualism or whatever. <laughs> um, but again, I will leave that for now. Now I'm watching the clock and I don't want to stretch your patience, um, but um, perhaps I'll just start with the how-to section, which is really about, um, first of all, the theological basis. That's, I think I just have one slide on that. Theological basis. The idea is um, we have a term, sanatana, means eternal, dharma, um, again, Srila Prabhupada would translate that as uh, the laws of God. But um, if it's eternal, if it's really enduring, then it must be non-sectarian, isn't it? There must be something which is enduring, which is not about uh, this or that sectarian way of thinking. There must be something beyond that. Um, if we study the preaching of Srila Prabhupada, very much it is on this point. Uh, it is not a matter of belief that we, in these material bodies, we get older, we suffer from disease, and eventually this body dies. Um, it may be a matter of belief, one may say, that one is then reborn, but Krishna gives us reasonable uh, arguments how it is the case. But again, that's another subject. Okay, principles and guidelines for approaching people with faith in God. 
Um, the, the picture here may not be so clear. It's grass, and there's a measuring stick in the grass. So I use, <laughs> I use this to uh, illustrate Trinata, Peace, and Ichena. What is Trina? Huh? Trina, Trina, Trina means grass. <laughs> and Nicha means low, and Sunicha means very low, and and Uphi means even or more than. Trinata be Sunichena, uh, being more humble, lower than the grass. That is one of our foundational preachings or teachings, shiksha teachings, trinadapi sanichena, tarariva sahishnana, amanina, manadena, kirtaniya, sada hari. We can always chant names of the Lord and thereby connect with the Lord, being non-different from the Lord. How? If we have this attitude of humility. Uh, Humility, tolerance, honoring others, not expecting honor for ourselves. Right. Our tradition establishes that this is the key to building spiritual relations, relationships. It is also the principal quality of a Vaishnava. Humility. Now, the picture has a measuring stick. And one might say, but humility is not something you can measure. And you would be correct. <laughs> it's not really something you can measure. But you can understand when it's there, isn't it? You can understand it's there in yourself. You can understand it's there when it's there in others. And when it's not there, um, usually we're very good at detecting when it's not there in others. We're better at detecting that than we are at detecting it in ourselves. Hmm. What's the word for detect? Zaznati. 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 Yes. Zaznati. To detect. He detects. She detects. Zaznati. Okay. Infinitive. Oh, okay. Um, okay, one more. And then, uh, so another principle here to keep in mind, we're, remember, we're talking about re, uh, dialogue with uh, re different religious traditions. So one principle for a Vaishnava is to understand the unlimited nature of Krishna. So the absolute truth is universal. No individual or organization has monopoly on the <laughs> Lord. He reveals himself wherever, whenever, however, and to whomever he pleases. Wow. Really? Are you sure? <laughs> uh, if one of the definitions of God is that he is... Uh, 
That's my twin brother. <laughs> He's following me around. So, um, what was I saying? Yes, if we understand that God is, he's all-powerful, certainly, also completely independent, right? This, okay, another Slovenian word we need, independent. Ne odvisen. Ne odvisen. Ne odvisen. Uh, kompletni ne odvisen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if he's completely independent, that means, what are the implications? One implication is that it's, it's entirely up to the Lord um, whether or not he reveals himself, how he reveals himself, when he reveals himself, um, and to whom he's going to reveal himself, right? It's up to him, ultimately. We're very fortunate. The Lord appears in five forms. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five. <laughs> Panchatattva. And he, he's, he's right there. Every time the curtain opens, there he is. There they are. <laughs> um, but the Lord can appear in so many ways. Uh, so that's the unlimited nature of, of the Lord. We like to call him Krishna because he is all attractive. Um, and being attractive, we understand everyone is attractive one way or another to the Lord. And in a sense, what we could say is, what is dialogue? It's finding ways to draw out others' attraction to Krishna. Finding somehow or other uh, everyone must be attracted to Krishna. Can we, um, can we encourage that? So, that's my, I'm going to stop with that. So I'm ending with a question. <laughs> can we encourage everyone in their culture of, we, they may not like to hear Krishna consciousness, how about God consciousness? How about consciousness of the ultimate uh, person, the supreme person, supreme truth? How can we encourage that? Okay, um, I think I should stop there before I stretch your patience. Uh, I just want to ask because um, His Holiness uh, Chandra Mali Swami has been very patiently sitting through all of this. Um, Maharaj, do you want to make some corrections to what I've said? <laughs> Please say again. If I made an attempt to try to make corrections, I would be guilty of impudence. Impudence. <laughs> Little impudence is fine. We don't mind. <laughs> We're amongst friends here. <laughs> wow.
I was just absorbing rather than analyzing as I was listening, trying to understand as the as you were presenting the different principles or dialogue expressions that ISKCON has for towards others. <laughs> and uh, we did I did interfaith back in the end of the nineteen nineties, the beginning of this century. Mm. And uh, yes, serial monologue was. <laughs> it does come, doesn't it? <laughs> so one of the things that we started to realize: how can we contribute to the upliftment of this whole sangha in such a way that we would be more acceptable and more appreciated by people in other traditions? Mm-hmm. So, and we were successful because they liked our prashadam. (laughs) (laughs) So, consecutive years, three or four years in a row, we opted and always got the opportunity to provide prashadam for everyone. Mm. And constantly, throughout the seminars and the dialogues and presentations, people would come up and say, well, you guys, food is really good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> and if they f- don't remember anything from the dialogue, they remember the prasadam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, I think you kind of made a nice point when you said everybody kind of like gives their presentation, smiles at each other, shakes hands, some appreciation. There is a few twisted faces when certain groups look at each other, but, <laughs> yeah. but everybody goes home the same way they came, <laughs> generally. It, something, that, it's, a, it's true what you're saying in, in certain uh, venues, in certain situations, I would, um, perhaps the more formal the dialogues, uh, the more this is the case. And uh, what I've been reflecting on over the years, I've also participated in not many, but a few of these formal dialogues, is how to um, how to explore informal informal dialogue dialogue with persons of other faiths who are committed to their faith, but in a more individual way, rather than in these you know kind of formal settings yeah. where everyone is quite stiff. I had one uh, very nice experience. Uh, this was not so many years ago. We had a formal dialogue in South India, a Vaishnav Christian dialogue organized by our Anuttama Prabhu, who has been doing these uh, Vaishnav Christian dialogues in America since many years. We had one in uh, in South India, and um, there were four different groups. There were um, um, Gaudiya Vaishnavas, there were Sri Vaishnavas, there were Roman Catholics, and there were Protestants. Um, and um, Anuttama is very expert at le- leading these dialogues. And, of course, everyone gets a lot of prasadam. Yeah. 
But I remember it, there was one moment when one of the senior um, um, members of the group who was Roman Catholic, he was a Catholic priest, um, at one point he sudden he kind of became quite, he, he felt some feeling of trust in the atmosphere, and so he felt freely, free to say something that he thought, which was a bit different from what the official Roman Catholic Church thinks or says. And he said that. He said, oh, I, I think a little different from them. And when he said that, we all relaxed. <laughs> because then we all felt like we could all say what we really think. <laughs> and I felt like that's when the dialogue really started, in a sense. Um, so sometimes a, a sort of moment of magic like that can happen. Um, also the dialogues that happen during between the sessions, you know, over prasadam. You're sitting with uh, someone from another tradition and just chatting can be very nice, very sweet. Thank you. Any other comments, questions, doubts? You want to debate? You want to um, only preach? You want to... Yes, uh, Prema... Huh? Prema Murti, yes. Mm. Mike, Mike. Uh, first, first question is for these interreligious dialogues. Mm. Is it uh, for the older devotees only, mm. or is it for the younger whose faith is still not uh, established? Ah, yeah, good question. Um, yes, in, in a sense, it's for everyone. Um, you know, in, in for for the newer person with not so much practice culture of bhakti yoga, it might be on the scale of meeting people and um, you know we call it book distribution. So uh, that can take the form in a very spontaneous sort of way of dialogue. Um, generally, they are told, go out and just, just get the book out there. Don't listen to anything anyone says. If they don't take it immediately, just leave. Um, yeah, <laughs> don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> but I think there are other ways uh, that we could be training or help encouraging Krishna devotees to quickly mature in their understanding of, uh, of bhakti, encouraging them in such a way that someone may pose a question, a challenge to them, and they'll think, oh gosh, I don't know how to respond to that. Back to the books, back to, you know, I have to read Bhagavad Gita, whatever. Um, it's generally, or it's often the, uh, if a, 
what do I want it? A symptom, a feature of persons who are less mature in their faith that they will uh, show something in the form of a a kind of fanaticism. Uh, We say in English, my way or the highway. Uh, And, well... A lot of that is because of insecurity. So the more secure one is in one's faith, in one's culture, in one's practice of uh, what we call bhakti yoga, um, probably the better that person will be in communicating, in dialoguing uh, with others of other traditions in such a way that it actually can be interesting and fruitful and developing relationship. One of the points, we just rushed through it, but it's it's really about developing relationships. There may be so many different understandings, but you can actually, believe it or not, you can make friends with people who believe or do something other than you. (laughs) Silence, everyone. (laughs) Is that okay? Beautiful, thank you, Marge. And the second one is, uh, I saw uh, many opportunities, I see that devotees are very um, careful or reserved by approaching very um, close how to say, groups uh, to our tradition, like let's say Gaudiya Mat or mm-hmm. even some other branches like Sadhu Maharaj or some other things, or uh, even or extremely like what to do with the Ritviks, let's say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, we get, now, now we get down to the nitty-gritty. <clears throat> Sigmund Freud had an expression which I find very interesting. Uh, he, he's, he, re, he referred to something like, it's called the narcissism of the slight difference. The, the narcissism of the slight difference. Um, you know what narcissism is. Yeah. So, and this is, you, you can see this all over the world, and that you know, we have our uh, understanding and and someone who is actually very similar in 95% of different points, but on 5% they're different. Whoa, we have nothing to do with them. <laughs> um, maybe there's a good reason to not have anything to do with them, but... I think we should also uh, come to a point of such deep understanding of our tradition that we can allow for even these slight differences. <laughs> it's so much easier to allow for the huge difference between, uh, you know, the Vaishnav is, um, yeah, okay, specifically Iskan understanding of uh, Krishna consciousness and 
something of a very different tradition, maybe one of the Abrahamic uh, traditions or whatever. In some ways, we feel like that's easier than someone who's very close, but uh, there's this difference, and that makes all the difference. Does it make all the difference? Hmm. And if that makes all the difference, is that not keeping us from uh, developing a, a, um, a presence in the wider world that would be taken more seriously? Did that make any sense? Again, everyone's silent. I'll leave that as a question. <laughs> Is that okay? Good. Uh, all right. Yes, Malati Malat. Wait, wait, wait. Microphone. And maybe we make this our last. I want to ask you, when you make friends with someone who is not Vaishnava culture, mm. and you invite them to take prasadam, and they are happy, they are coming, and they see the deities and everything, but at mm. some point, they said, okay, now it's turned to Now you to come us. to my house, yes. take my food. Yes. <laughs> uh, this happened to us recently, mm -hmm. and for now we said, Okay, we, uh, we have a special diet, and we know we are going now in Slovenia, and uh, yeah. this is now open open point. Yeah, well, we do have a special diet, don't we? And we do kind of insist on that. Um, and some situations, you can say, um, yes, I'll, uh, I'm happy to come. And we will bring something uh, to contribute to the meal. So you cook something, whatever you do, we'll cook something and we'll bring. And, and you sort of quietly only take what you have cooked. <laughs> but they will but, be offended. <laughs> but you can also, t you know, you can encourage them to also have something not cooked, right? Some some salad, some, some fruit, like that. Yeah. So, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the subject matter of our programs somehow always end on this subject of prasadam. <laughs> So, I will say thank you all very much for your kind attention, your patience, and I hope this was in some way interesting and relevant for you, and maybe one day we'll do part three. Shall we do a part three? Okay. Thank you very much. Shila Prabhupada Ki Jai Hare Krishna.